Welcome everyone to another episode of The Dating Culture. I have a really special guest here. She's someone who's based out of uh, Philadelphia and um, she is a individual and relationship therapist and also a fitness coach. So welcome to this episode of Thank The Dating Culture. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So um, the reason I reached out to you, Alana, was initially because I wanted to talk to you about how mental health ties into the dating world and, you know... I personally have gone through so many things in the last decade in terms of how I put myself out there in the dating world and then also kind of figuring out, you know, how have I kind of overcome, you know, things in my past in terms of relationships and how am I, you know, presenting myself and what do I look like, you know, yeah. when, when I'm putting myself out there. So um, I initially had reached out to you because I was kind of in the midst of a situation at the time, which, which we had obviously talked about. And full disclosure, everyone, I am going to be very open and very honest about um, the things that Alana and I had talked about during our therapy session. Um, and it really had surprisingly had a lot to do with my childhood. So before we even kind of dive into that, I want to give Alana the opportunity to introduce herself to our, our guests and be able to share a little bit about herself and her experiences in the mental health space. So, yeah. So um, again, my name is Alana Gardner. I am local to the area. So I'm originally from South Jersey. So originally from Atlantic City. Uh, went to school, went to college in Philly. So uh, my undergrad is from LaSalle University. And I got my graduate degree from Thomas Jefferson University from their couples and family therapy program. Nice. Um, <clears throat> and I got into therapy because I grew up with, of course, everyone grows up with their own trauma. It's, it's actually part of like being human. You know, you're going to experience some hardships in life. But one thing that sort of really pushed me into this space was seeing, um, how friends of mine, they've gone through trauma and they've gone through very serious things. Sometimes, you know, things like sexual assault, mm -hmm. um, rape, mm -hmm. um, and just the lack of support from their family, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and I, and I really jumped into it and wanted people to feel cared for. And I wanted people to understand that they can have like a serious, um, they could go through hardships in life and not have it derail them. Mm -hmm. And so I think um, that's something that is really, you know, important to me is like being able to kind of move through uh, life transitions, hardships, um, and really just focus to be able to, you know, have the tools and everything that you need to just not only survive your life, but to thrive in your life and relationships. So that's mm -hmm. thriving in your life and, and relationships and elevating how you show up in your life and relationships is always the focus um, for me personally, I guess it's like my own brand. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's really what's important for yeah. me when I'm sitting with clients. And yeah. People. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I've definitely <laughs> felt that when we had sat down, cause I initially reached out to you because, well, I'd, I'd met you last year actually at, what was the event that was you guys had? Oh, no, no, it was the um, the uh, dating event. Yes, 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 yes. 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 <laughs> oh, that oh. was so. That was such a powerful moment for me because I think it was last April, right? Mm -hmm. it, it was not. Too, yeah, it was the anniversary. It was like this time last year. Yeah, it was last April, and I remember my friend um, messaging me and saying, "Hey, there's a dating event happening in Philly," and I was like, "Okay, sure." I guess I'll go, whatever, mm -hmm. get out of the house. And I didn't realize how empowering that that um, that event was for me because we're, we're not only sitting in a, a room full of women who were all going through hardships in the dating world, but you guys were talking about different ways to show up in the dating world. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm allowed to say no to this or yes. I'm allowed to be like, yes. no, you need to, you need to ask me. You know what I mean? Like yes. there was just, yes. I felt, I felt so empowered after leaving that <laughs> event and I was like, oh my God. And so I think that after that moment, I had known that you, I just kind of kept you in the back of my head. I'm like, if I have to go to therapy, I'm definitely going to hit up Alana. And actually a lot of my friends come to you. So <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's so weird. I, like, I think just because I, I am somebody who's a little bit more of like a public figure when it comes mm -hmm. to you know being like a therapist I think we're mm -hmm. in, a, in a space and age of therapy where like people don't necessarily want to go to a therapist that is going to tell you to just kind of sit and look at a wall if yeah. that's your style that's your style but that's just definitely not who I am mm -hmm. of course I hold like boundaries and I'm like I'm not going to tell you about like your friend's therapy or tell you even admit <laughs> that like your friends come and see me I don't care yeah but at the same time being able to be with someone who is able to hold space for you, mm -hmm. able to relate to you and mm -hmm. you relate to them mm -hmm. and be able to kind of give you, give you the real, but also it's very, you know, it, it 
it comes with like a lot of like actual interventions and tools and skills and mm. all that stuff. So yeah, I, I love, I love it. Yeah. I really do love it. Yeah. I love just being able to see the change in the growth in people, oh especially gosh, yeah. when it comes to dating. I think that mm-hmm. dating, um, it's one very different from when our parents were dating, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, that my mom said <laughs> something to me the other day and I'm, and I'm, I was like looking at her and I was like, you have no idea. But she was like, I don't understand why uh, we were talking about someone. And I was like, she was like, girl, it's easy to get married. It's no big, it's no big thing to get married. She's like, really? you can find any Joe Schmo and get married. That's, that's not even the hard part. And I was like, mom, <laughs> if you were to say that in front of any of my single friends, mm. they would never come back to the house ever again. No, because no, that's it's dated. The culture has changed. Mm-hmm. I think um, something that's really important you could stop me when. Oh no no no! Keep like going. I'm, this is yeah. all you know. I'm I'm absorbing all of this. So. <laughs> yeah. So another thing that's also changed is is women. Women have changed. Oh hell yeah! And I think that our roles and our values and um, you know who we are, we have changed so much that I think mm-hmm. there's a, a men don't know their place mm-hmm. or they don't know how to show up. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so um, between us, like getting the right to vote, being able to be educated working like actually having like full-fledged careers we have changed so much within like the last century whereas men have kind of been where they always been yeah there's no like cookie cutter role yeah Yeah. so so now it's like just trying to find that balance between being a strong woman but also um being loved and cared for as a wife or a partner or a girlfriend or Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. as a human yeah and it's it's now i'm starting to see a little bit more of that clash and i think that that those are like some of the things that are just really challenging right now just to add on to that what kind of i mean just i know we'll talk about you know tips and advice for people in you know towards the tail end of this conversation but like what what advice would you give a man now then you know what i mean because women are elevating (coughs) and women are doing their thing and they are kind of like I don't want to say outdoing men, but yeah. we're we're just we're on the same plane. Now. Yeah, you're yeah. on the same plane. We're we're successful. We're hardworking. We're emotionally aware. We're yeah. you know what I mean. Like what what do guys do? I think if women are shifting and changing and in, in in growing in the areas where men are skilled at, mm-hmm. so men are good with their careers. Men are good at standing up for themselves. Mm-hmm. Men are good. You know, they're they're mm-hmm. socialized to do those things. Mm-hmm. Now it's now their turn to be socialized with the emotional piece of it, mm-hmm. right? I'm because, smiling because <laughs> because I I know right. It's mm-hmm. like, but for a man, that's it's, yeah. it's such a gray area. It is you know? because again, they're not socialized to be like that. Sure, so yeah. so for instance, like I'm fortunate enough to have a partner. Um, you know, my husband is very emotional, and when I say emotional, I think that's another thing that like sort of like rubs men or rubs people the wrong way they're like oh i don't want an emotional man or like (laughs) i ain't trying to be emotional when really what they what we're saying is that just be in touch and in tune with your emotions Mm -hmm. anybody who knows my husband knows that he's not like sitting in a corner and crying after like you know at at every little thing or at like a hallmark commercial right (laughs) but he's able to have clear and concise and consistent communication with me about his wants and his needs Mm -hmm. he's able to if he has a problem about something or if there's something that's not going well for himself personally or in our marriage he's able to come to me and talk to me about that Mm -hmm. he's willing to uh work through problems and issues Mm -hmm. he's also you know willing to still court me and date me and and make me feel good you know mm-hmm, one thing mm-hmm. that I love about my husband is that he that he there's not a day that goes by where he doesn't make the effort to make me laugh or smile mm, I like that and how long have you guys been married for so it will be two years in August but we are college sweethearts oh wow. yeah so we met in college so nice. you know and it's like you it, he's and I think even with saying that uh-huh. you have to be with someone or it's nice to be with someone right. who's willing to make the commitment to do the work mm-hmm. that comes along with being in relationships. And I think that's the hardest part for people because <clears throat> they haven't really taken that time to do the self work yeah. before they actually come out and present themselves in the dating world. I mean, like I'm dating now and I'm meeting people and it's like if their career is like, you know, kind of all over the place, it's like, you know, dating's out of the picture, rightfully so in some cases. Right. But I think a lot of people are quick to just shut somebody out. It hurts their ego a little bit, you know, because they're yeah. like, you know, I can't present myself in the dating world. Well, you can, but, you know, you like there's just some people that are flexible and understanding that they kind of say to you, well, listen, I'm it's not unrealistic to go through career shifts. It's not unrealistic to go, unrealistic to go through emotional shifts. And I want to support you and, and show you that 
it's okay. Like whatever you're going through is normal. The problem is that everybody's got their guards up and everybody's got their, their representative. So, right. I, so I think that that you, what you're speaking to is the representative. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I, I always say that there's a representative one, we, we all walk around with our representatives period, whether mm-hmm. it's in a dating situation or just at work or out and about, right. We're always trying our best to put our best foot forward to um, have people buy into this facade or this our, our, our particular reality of how we want to be seen, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. In the dating world, it's that times 10 <laughs> because yeah. you're trying to impress mm-hmm. um, for the sake of a relationship or hopefully being connected to somebody or even just like sex, like a hookup, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. So you're putting your best foot forward times 10. Mm-hmm. And what happens in dating sometimes is that you'll get two people who are putting their best foot forward and, you know, they're going throughout the dating journey together and then as time goes on, it's exhausting to keep that one, keep that representative up. Mm-hmm. And the more that you feel comfortable with somebody, the more that you let your walls down or mm-hmm. the more that like you, the facade sort of fade, fades away. Right, right. And so then it becomes this game of was I really showing up as myself or was I really showing up to impress this person? Yeah. And most of the time, a lot of people are, you know, they show up as somebody that they want to be to impress this other person. I mean, you know, luckily for me, I'm at a place now where it's like, I am who I am. And Mm -hmm. if that ain't cool with you, keep it moving. You know, there's some people who don't reach that point until they're 50 years old. Oh yeah. yeah, So so everybody there's, there's people who have reached that at 18. They've gone through Mm -hmm. so much. They're like, I don't give a damn. Yeah. I'm be me. And you, you don't like it. You don't like it. And you don't eat the room. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And there's people who hit it at 30 like yourself. And there's Mm -hmm. people who hit it at 50, 60, 70. Mm -hmm. Some people in my opinion who never hit it. Oh my God. Yeah. And I, I feel like for some reason, like the more people I meet, the more people I talk to, they're like, just not there yet with the dating world. Cause it's still like, they're coming in with this checklist of like, he's got to be this, or she's got to do that, or she's got to do this. And it's like, do you realize that your checklist is kind of potentially tied to your own traumas and your own fears and your own anxieties? Like, have you ever looked at that checklist and asked yourself, Hmm, why am I feeling like this? You know? And a lot of people don't do that Yeah, because they're just like, no, but he's not a doctor or he's not this. And it's like, it's self-sabotage. It is (laughs) self-sabotage. It's self-sabotage, but it's also, Mm -hmm. it's a mirror, you know? Mm -hmm. So something that I always say um, is that relationships are a mirror, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. they are a mirror to, you know, where you're at in your life, your values, um, the level of work that you've done in yourself mm-hmm. and also the level of work that, that still has to be done. Because mm-hmm. I always say when people join together in relationship, there's, there's three things going on, right? There's your work, there's their work, and then there's the relationships work. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, what is triggering you about your, your partner, like what your partner is triggering and bringing up in you is not even necessarily about them. It's you and your work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's your work showing up or your trauma showing up or your anxiety showing up in your face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, let's say like my thing was safety and security, right? right. Um, and, I, and I'm and i with like a guy who's great and I'm married to him and he's a doctor. Then all of a sudden he comes in one day and he's like, hey, what are your feels about, you know, I think America is stressful. I don't think it's like a space for like a healthy space for like the both of us. Mm-hmm. Well, how would you feel about us, you know, picking up, packing up and moving to like Malawi or something or moving <laughs> to like London or moving uh-huh. to Europe? Uh-huh. Now, if I'm somebody who is totally fixed on safety and security, you you talking about getting rid of your job, mm-hmm. <laughs> moving to leaving everything that we know here in the States to move to London or wherever, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then going to a new place where I don't know anybody, mm-hmm. I'm going to freak out. Yeah. I'm going to freak out. Oh, of course. Even yeah. when he was just like, I just want to have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying we're going to have to do it. Mm-hmm. I just want to have conversation around it. Right. Right. It, that's my own stuff coming up. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that people, a lot of people fail to realize that, that this, it, it really is like a mirror. You're literally looking at a list of things that bring you anxiety because it's something that's built within you Yeah, and that you haven't necessarily worked through. And I think that. You know, when I had initially reached out to you, going back to this whole concept of a checklist, um, I was in a relationship with somebody who I thought was kind of checked all the boxes. You know, we had a good job. We, you know, got along for the most part, like just like, you know, just checking off all the things that I thought were ideal for me. Mm -hmm. Um, 
except when it came to the emotions, you know? Yeah. And so it's funny because I was looking back at the email that I had initially sent you. And if I were to read it to you, it said, I think the main things are the reason why I'm reaching out to you is because the main things that I want to cover are, you know, fears and doubts of marriage. Um, my brain going into this this place of like, okay, if I'm going to date this person, like, is he going to be my husband? And then what my definition of a husband was, right? Um, and figuring out what type of men I attract or should I attract. And, you know, when I look back at it now and I say, should I attract or what type of men should I attract? Should I be attracting? I'm like, I've become, I've come to a place where I'm so become so laid back with my dating world now that it's like taken off so much weight off of me. Mm. But I think that you know, coming from the South Asian culture, which I know we had talked about, it was pressures of marriage and it was pressures of, you know, this timeline that I should have, you know, been following this whole time. And I think that, I mean, not even just within the South Asian community, I think just like in general, in general, in general right? So, so I think it's, if you, if you live in America, cause I, I've, I've only ever, ever like lived long-term in America. So I can only speak to mm -hmm. like American culture. Yeah. You're, you're, there's already the need to have a checklist. There's a need to be safe and secure. There's a need to have like a lot of money. There's a need to like live up to a certain standard. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. And so you have all these societal pressures, but then when you add in whatever culture you come from, right. So whether, you know, you are first generation Haitian American, right. Mm -hmm, my, mm -hmm. my husband is Haitian. He's mm -hmm. well, he's Haitian American, mm -hmm. but he's first generation. So he's an immigrant and wherever it is that you're an immigrant from, it's not like any of that just like goes away now that you live in in the u.s so i, think if, it, I feel like it gets worse <laughs> it gets well it gets worse because you're getting hit on both sides now uh -huh. which is so unfair uh -huh. to like the person who's experiencing it mm -hmm. because you just want to be and exist mm -hmm. what you're getting hit with is american standards and, and societal pressures but then you're also getting hit with your own family culture's and, you know, societal mm -hmm. pressures. Mm -hmm. And those things oftentimes don't line up or they sometimes clash or they might be on one end, one might be a little bit more traditional while the other mm -hmm. one is a little bit more, you know, we're having like an egalitarian relationship. We're, we're two equals in this relationship. There is no, mm -hmm. the man runs this or the woman runs that and all that. We are just equals. Yeah. But if you're getting those conflicting messages from two different parts of like societies that you're both very much involved in, Dating can be extremely confusing. Oh my God. Yeah. I and mean, then, and then where's your, where's your voice in all that? Exactly. Because the voice is the last thing I was listening to. Right. The one, the only thing, in fact, I was listening to was my mom's voice, which we had talked about and my anxieties and my fears. Mm -hmm. I wasn't like, but it's okay. It's going to be fine. Like mm -hmm. whoever I bring home, it's going to be okay. Cause I'll know, I know that I'll be confident yeah. that we'll be able to have a life together the one thing, like, I just couldn't get my mother's voice out of my head. Like, he has to be Indian. He has to be a specific type of Indian. He has to fall into a certain caste. Your astrology has to match. And I was like, are you crazy? Like, <laughs> where does this where does this person exist? Like, you're just going to build a husband. Oh, let me just go over to build a bear. I'm just going to build yeah, up a husband real quick. Yeah. Exactly. Just load up all this info. And then on top of that, for them, this person to jive with who I am, because I don't consider myself like the typical Indian, like South Asian Gujarati girl. I'm like, don't have a traditional career path. I went to school for public health, but like didn't do anything with it. I have I all the serious relationships that I've had, they were all with South Asian men, but I stopped dating South Asian men. Like I'm dating all sorts of people, but I, you know, I'm also learning about myself through the process. Cause I'm like, if I just limit myself to try to fit this, you know, fit this person that my mom wants me to have, how the heck am I going to learn about myself? You know? Yeah. And so when I broke free from that is when I actually felt free. Yeah. And I was like, I, I can freely date without this, the voice of my mother in my head. And I'm able to actually like be true to my own emotions and be true to who I am as me as a woman, me as a South Asian woman. Um, and it's just, it's been so much more wonderful since then. And um, I know like, especially during our session, like there was a lot of releasing that I was doing during our sessions. And I remember talking about um, how I was just like, so ready to like leave if there was like a moment of conflict because of childhood stuff. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, if you could share any, any information around like childhood trauma or just yeah. like your upbringing and how that ties to your dating world, you know, I'm sure people would really value that. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, um, so the first thing that comes to mind, I think I referred this book to you mm -hmm. was, um, the book attached. Right. And so it talks about attachment styles. And so they're talking about it from the, the lens of adult attachments. 
Um, but attachment um, is something that is developed when you are a child. Like it's, first of all, something I think doesn't get highlighted enough, in my opinion, um, is the fact that human beings, even though we are an elevated animal, we are an animal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you, all you're, all you're doing as a child is learning how to be a human being. Yep. You're learning feelings and emotions. You're learning, learning like the, the, the standards, the norms of how to function as a human being so that, you know, once you hit 18, you can successfully be an adult and go out there, make your own mistakes and still be good. Mm -hmm. Right. But we learn a lot of that from our parents and we learn, um, attachment just simply, you know, broken down is, can I rely on the people around me? Can I rely on my attachment figures? Mm -hmm. And due to, you know, life being hard and everybody having their own challenges and not everybody being encouraged to do their own self work, Mm -hmm. that can impede upon, um, Attachment, right? So there's def- different types of attachment. There's secure attachment. So that's like, you know, an attachment style where a person is able to be interconnected, but also independent, mm-hmm. right? I, I can talk to you about my feelings and emotions. I feel safe around my partner. I don't feel like I have to uphold a certain image around my partner. I'm safe and secure around this person. I'm able to fully be me. I'm able to function independently, but also interdependently, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You have anxious attachment. Um, that's like, you're very fearful about opening up to your partner because you don't know what might happen. That right. Was, that's me. <laughs> if, if your childhood is chaotic, you, you either tend to be anxious or avoidant, mm-hmm. right. And I'll get to avoidant, but an anxious attachment style, we'll say like in a relationship, you know, this person might be needy. They might be clingy. They might, um, just totally be codependent. They might also just be like, Oh, whatever it is that you want to do. Oh, whatever it is that you want to do. They give up so much of their power and their freedom just to keep the person Mm -hmm. that they don't even realize that they're inauthentically showing up in this relationship and that they're turning themselves down to amplify somebody else just to keep the person close. Right. Because they want the intimacy. They want the love. They want the care. They want that attachment figure Mm -hmm. close and to not abandon them. There's um, also avoidant. So those are people who avoid intimacy. You know, Mm -hmm. they're like, I don't... These are the people that when you're dating, they ghost you. And you're like, I thought things were going really well. We were mm-hmm. talking about like making it official and I haven't heard from him in six weeks. Mm. He just dropped off the face of the earth. And now he's dead. I don't know what is it, like yeah, what's happened yeah, to him, yeah. right? It's because they're fearful of being attached to someone. They value their independence way more than they value mm-hmm. being interconnected or being close emotionally mm-hmm. with somebody else. Mm-hmm. So if they feel like somebody is trying to kind of, you know, uh, encroach upon that, they will bolt for the door mm-hmm. and they'll do, they'll do any sort of like protest behavior. Any, and that's like any action to try to get their partner as far or as close as they want them. Oh my God. I feel like I was like, you know, now that you're saying this out loud, I feel like I've gone through phases of all, oh, of, I, of all of, all of them. And, and your I'm, attachment style can change oh, due yeah. to, due to trauma or due to like a really bad relationship. And now yeah. you kind of have like PTSD from this relationship. And now all of a sudden you find yourself anxiously showing up with mm-hmm. dating partners. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think that right now I'm, or previously I used to be very, I guess, uh, I think it was anxious, right? Mm-hmm. I was very anxious. I was always like, no, 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 whatever you want to do, like, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. But internally it was bugging me. Like certain things were just bothering me to the point where I was like, if I don't tell this person how I feel, I'm going to literally explode. And, but I would, I wouldn't, it wasn't, it it wouldn't come out outwardly to that person. It would just keep, I was literally hurting myself. You were stuffing it. Yeah. Yeah. I was stuffing it and it was really awful. And until this day, I still do that sometimes where I'm like, I don't know how comfortable I feel telling them how I feel about this situation. Cause I don't want them to think anything about me. Like it, there's, there's this whole mental mm-hmm. process that goes through mm-hmm. and, but, but as I've grow, as I've developed my self-worth, I have valued say, I have basically said it's okay to tell this person. And if they decide to leave, that's not on me because I played my part. And I said, what I need to say, if they're freaking out because they couldn't handle the level of the conversation or whatever it was that whatever it was that I was presenting to them, you know, and they leave then yeah, that would suck and that would hurt, but that's just what the situation is. Like, but that's also because you've done your, you're doing and you've done your self work. Right. You know what I mean? I think, you know, 
sometimes you get you have somebody who's like, I'm always going to have an anxious attachment style. But if I'm able to understand how I show up and know what triggers it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If I know what triggers me to be avoidant, mm-hmm. if I know what triggers me to be anxious, if I know what triggers me to show up in a way that is not the way that I want to show up anymore, you do the work around that, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Because what, you know, again, relationships are a mirror and all you're doing a lot of times, so you were talking about childhood trauma, mm-hmm. is that you're not even showing up as like who you are in the moment. So a lot of times when we're upset about something, we're not showing up as like who we are now in present day. Mm-hmm. If something that is triggering us is is stirring up something from the past, we show up as who we were during that time. Oh, absolutely. So like our inner child is is like is takes over mm-hmm. and they say, Hey, remember when this happened between mom and dad mm-hmm. and you ran and hid mm-hmm. and protected yourself that way? So clearly that worked back in the day, all because we're animals, we remember that. Now we're gonna do it all over again. Right. So now you're like an adult, you're 30 and you're right. showing up like you're eleven. Right. Or you're showing up like you're five. Right. And even to your point, the other I think it was uh, avoidance. Mm-hmm. There's moments in now that I'm back in the dating world, there's moments where I'm like, I don't, it, I'm okay with confrontation. I'm okay with open conversations, but then it comes to my physical body and I'm mm. like, I don't want to be touched right now because of the, the cycle of, or the patterns that I've, that I went through before of just letting men into my personal space. Mm-hmm. And now I'm protective and it's like, you know, how do people, I guess, how do people work through each attachment style? Yeah. And how do, because I mean, I could, I can, I'm a lot more confident now and I can easily say, okay, well, I know I can break things apart a little bit better, but for those who are out there that are like, oh my God, I think I have this kind of attachment style, you know, how do you, what advice would you give for that? So I would say one, um, Definitely grab the book Attached by Dr. Amir Levine. Mm-hmm. So good. And it, and it really highlights and it, and it ex- easily explains um, and makes it understandable mm-hmm. um, to people what attachment is, how it's developed, and how people present. And um, he even has like a quiz within the book that you can take that so that you can get a better understanding of your attachment style, but even like, you know, your partner's attachment style, which is also great, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say start off with the book Attached. And then after that, I would also say, once you figure that out, do the work with a therapist. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. I think a lot of this is self-work and it shows up in relationships, but like working with a therapist can be like, all right, how do we tame your anxiety? What is sort of triggering you to be avoidant during those time periods? What's triggering your anxiety? What's triggering you to show up in ways that are, that are kind of keeping you Mm -hmm. from thriving in your life and your relationships, right? Because even with attachment, even if you're not dating, this shows up in other areas of your life with friends, with family, with your job. You know, mm-hmm. if you're a business owner and you you have an anxious attachment, that's going to show up when you mm-hmm. when you're when you're trying to do your business. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I would just say just to kind of do that in general, but work with the therapist to be able to effectively um you know, work towards like labeling emotions, being able to understand um, how those emotions present in your body, making that mind body connection. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like many of us are just so disjointed and disconnected from both of our emotional selves, but our physical selves. Mm -hmm. And the more that we're able to pull both into alignment, the more that you're able to understand like, Ooh, when I feel, you know, um, my hands get clammy. I know that that's like the first sign of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Or when I feel like a, a tightness in my chest, I know that that is anger. Or however it is that you're presenting up. It's funny know. that you say that because when I initially started therapy, I went to therapy when I was 24 years old because I got out of a really awful relationship, which was such a mental, it was so awful. Um, the first therapist I ever went to, she was a holistic therapist and she really talked about You know, I went to her because I didn't really know why I was going to her. All I know is that I was waking up with depression every single day. And it tied to, when I look back at it, it tied to childhood traumas that had allowed me to fall into a certain path that allowed me to let certain men into my life. And therefore, and and then it was like, wait, you know, 
you're going in this downwards path and then this person comes into your life and just makes it 10 times worse and just really, really presses those, those areas in your body that just hurt so much, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when I realized that there is a mind body connection and I didn't actually even realize it then because I just kind of started to feel better, but you know, I, it wasn't until like last year or the year before that I realized that there truly is a mind body connection. Like when I feel a knot in my throat, I'm feeling really uncomfortable when I feel tightness in my chest, I'm having anxiety and I don't know what to do about it, you know? Yeah. So it was so, so important for me to like go to therapy at that time. But then like also even now just for people to incorporate therapy into, you know, into their life while they're dating, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's, it's so important. I mean, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, you know, fine. the mind body connection is so, so, so important, especially to me now. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm, you know, back in the dating world. And I'm like, okay, like, I mean, I just started recently dating a couple people and I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't know if I can do this. And I started going back into my little shell. Yeah. And- you were treating like even right now, like your shoulders are going up, like they're <laughs> yeah. going up and they're closing in. Right. You know, you're, you're kind of like curling up into a ball, just thinking about it. Yeah. And it's, it's, I asked myself, I'm like, am I ready? Like, am I ready to go back out there? But then I'm like, but there's lessons that are tied to it that I could learn. And I'm trying to narrow down to the type of men that I like. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they're all lessons that will eventually allow me to open up. But I have to be, I'm taking a totally different approach to it. I'm like, when I say no, it means no. Yeah. You know? And it's not that I wasn't doing that before. It's just that I could get easily swayed into like being in uncomfortable situations. So boundaries, you're talking about boundaries. You're talking about, and I think that boundaries are just so important and to be able to kind of come into a date uh, or the dating scene already with a certain set level of boundaries. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, at the, the, uh, dating in the city workshop that, Mm -hmm. um, that you attended, you know, that was like one of the things, like, what are your boundaries? What are your, what are your hard no's? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. what are the, what are the things that you're able to be flexible about? And what are the things that you are like, I have to be, this is a very strict, rigid boundary right. around, right. you know, just for your own protection and having that be focused around the things that um, are important to you, like your values, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, I think we always talk about like religion, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like, okay. Well, for some people, that's not really like a hard boundary for them. Mm-hmm. They, they they don't need for their partner to be religious. They don't even need for their partner to be the same religion as them. As mm-hmm. long as you're spiritual, as long as you're exploring, as long mm-hmm. as you're open to mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and open to having conversation around it when it shows up. Right. But for some people, that's a hard line for them. Right. And so regardless of, you know, whether or not, you know, some people might see that as limiting or some people might see that as like, no, it's structured and it's boundaried have your boundary around the things that are, are value of value to you mm-hmm. because those are things that are going to last in a relationship. Right. 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 Those, those value things are, are going to be the things that keeps you tied to your partner. Yeah. You know? It's really a, it's right. And part of this self work that I've been doing for the last year has been like, what works for me and what, what doesn't, you know? And it's like, I don't mean to say, you know, certain things are a hard no, but I can just tell you that it's going to be a problem because I don't know how to work with it yet. You yeah. know, like for me, when we talked during our therapy session, I was like, hard drugs are a no. Like, I just don't know how to come up against those situations. It just doesn't work for me. Like, I don't feel like having those arguments. So it's like, you know, how do, how do people have those conversations in this generation? Yeah. So I think, you know, for me and I, I told you, you know, I function from three pillars, right? authenticity, accountability, and affirmation, Mm. you know, and that's just how, you know, I try to educate my clients about things, but that's just also how I like to function and move throughout the world. Mm -hmm. So the authenticity in dating, you have to be real and you have to be authentic and, and you have to be real with yourself Mm -hmm. about where you are and what you want and what you're accepting and what you're not going to accept and what your boundaries are and everything that comes along with that. Mm -hmm. And you have to be, um, be real about whether or not that other person is going to meet that expectation right? or whether or not that other person is. And part of being real is just being, just having conversation about it. Yeah. And having confidence to have a conversation. And the, and the thing about it is like, well, people are like, well, I don't know how to do it. Well, you don't know how to do it because you just don't do it. Confidence, (laughs) confidence isn't confidence. Um, so something that, uh, with somebody that I follow that I really enjoy, her name is um, Mel Robbins and she's a life coach. Oh, nice. Um, But something that she says that I firmly believe is that confidence is the willingness to try. Uh It's not doing it perfectly. It's not 
studying and researching everything and then not doing it and sitting on the information. Confidence is the willingness to just try to do the thing. Mm -hmm. Because basically all confidence is, is your ability to see yourself showing up for yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the more that you sit and you stew, the more that you turn your own power and your voice down, the more that you detach from a situation, the more that you avoid Mm -hmm. having a conversation that that brings you anxiety or having a conversation that might be difficult Mm -hmm. or having a conversation that you just don't even know how to, you know, correctly find the words around it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The more that you're telling yourself, I don't trust you enough to show up for me. Mm -hmm. I don't trust you enough to show up for me. So why, why on earth when now you're dating like this joker, right. And he, (laughs) and he has like, you know, you guys are in the argument why wouldn't your 11 or 10 or nine or eight year old self show up in that moment? Because they, they don't, right. that, that your inner child doesn't trust you enough right. to show up because you didn't even show up during the dating process. Right. And I think that this is such like, so valuable in terms of teaching people, not even just in the South Asian community. Like I know I want to be able to like show my community of people that it's okay to go to therapy while you're dating, but it's like, it's like, this is what you get out of it. You know, this is what, this is the beauty of it because it teaches you how to dig deeper into your brain and your thought processes and understand that there is not just self-work that goes into it, but like what level of confidence do you have? Or so are you just following the guidelines of, of, of what your parents wanted you to have, like having this specific degree or this type of education? And, or are you actually listening to yourself and saying, I don't really want to do that. And when it comes to the love part of their life, they're like, wait, I'm allowed to ask myself what I want. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And I think, and I think, you know, just for the sake of, and I'm seeing this more and more because, you know, as I get older, my clients get older. Right. 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 And, um, you know, I'm of the millennial generation and I think the millennial generation is like one part, like you could do whatever you want, (laughs) but also one part, there has to be a structured plan. Right. And, and we have to hit these milestones. Mm -hmm. We have to hit these goals. Mm -hmm. We have by 30, if I, if you would have told me that I, that by 32, I would have only been married for two years and like have no kids. Mm-hmm. I would have been, my, my 15 year old self would have been like, well, what, what the hell is wrong with her? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Oh yeah. So it's, so, you know, we have that kind of stewing within us and conflicting within us, mm-hmm. but it, it, it really is like this matter of doing the work that is necessary and just kind of taking a leap mm-hmm. to have these conversations that might bring up discomfort. And guess what? It's okay to feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I, and that's another thing. I think our generation has a very, and people after us too, have a very low tolerance mm. for feeling um, emotional discomfort. Oh my God. Absolutely. That was kind of the reason why I'd initially come to you because I was like, my boyfriend and I got into an argument and I just want to break up with him now. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that oh, was, this isn't working. This, this is, is a- definitely not going to work. Yeah. You know, cause everything's supposed to be, you know, sunshine, rainbows and puppies. I mean, yeah. It's not, it's <laughs> not real relationships take, take work, yes. including the relationship with yourself, but also including the relationship with somebody else. Right. Right. And I think we just want, ready-made love. We do. That's a really good way we to put want, it. We yep. want ready-made love. We don't uh-huh. want effortful love. Uh-huh. We yeah. don't want love that's going to be ugly. Mm-hmm. We don't want love that's going to show us, you know, our selfishness or show us what we need to work on. We want, we want the full package and we want like we've been married for 50 years and not a single thing went wrong. That's not real life. No, especially in 2019 mm-hmm. where we, ha- where we live in a society of multiple cultures, all different ages, generations, backgrounds, everything. And it's just, we're in a mishmash of so much, you know? And I think that people have to realize, I mean, I have friends that are like, no, I'm going to look for the perfect guy. I'm going to look for the one that I am aiming towards. And he like, I'm going to find him. If I don't find him, then, you know, like I'm just not going to settle. Well, good luck, girlfriend. (laughs) It's just, and you know what? There's a lot of people who do that, especially in dating, because there's also, um, you know, I'm shifting gears a little bit, yeah. so feel free to pull me back. But no, there's no. also the the concept of dating fatigue. That's a real mm-hmm. last thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, I, I will never forget. There was a couple that I was sitting with, and they literally had no business being together. But they were together because they both were tired of dating. Oh wow! You know what I mean? It's like they, <laughs> like I'm they were tired. okay with just being like, you know, we're just gonna. Call it's it like, a day. hey, you are good enough. I've been out here. I've been consistently dating. You are good enough. In the beginning, you didn't bring me any worries, any troubles, any woes. 
but they were both equally exhausted from doing the dance or doing the game of dating. I mean, did they love each other? <laughs> I mean, you know what? I, mark? My, my thing is I can't, I can't determine whether or not, you know, right. I, but I think that they were fully committed to making this work because they were so exhausted. I will say that. Yeah. And another thing I want you to talk about is actually during your session last year, or the event last year, you had mentioned it's okay to take breaks. Yes. Because I didn't know that was actually like a concept. Like, I'm just going to take a break from the dating world. I was always a relationship kind of girl. I had been in five serious relationships in the time that I was 18 years old all the way up until I was 28 or 29. And so I've just always loved having a partner. And so I didn't realize that I was allowed to take breaks and just being like, I'm going to focus on me and I'm going to do me. And just like, you know, I guess share some information about that too. Right. Because it's like taking a break is healthy Mm -hmm. and feeling the down is healthy Mm -hmm. because when you feel the down, there's so much more that comes out of it. There's so much that's the, so some I'll put it this way. Right. So thoughts are language of the brain. Mm Mm-hmm. And emotions are language of like the body. Mm, I like that. I like right? that. Mm-hmm. And if you are overstimulated with either, right? So let's say, you know, we, we, we have a person who all they do is work, right? Mm-hmm. You get burnt out mm-hmm. and you're like, I need a vacation. You just hear people start saying, oh man, I need a vacation. Yeah. I need a vacation. Or mm-hmm. like, I need a new job. I need a new job. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with dating. You, so now your emotions are going and you're feeling it in your body, mm-hmm. right? And it's now you're trying to pull your thoughts into it, mm-hmm. you know, but you never rarely ever hear people say or encourage like, you know what? I'm going to take a break from dating. Mm-hmm. I need to just like kind of step back. And when you do hear someone say it, it's not, it, it's, they're too far gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're too far gone at that point. Yeah. So in the same way that we need vacations and breaks from like work, mm-hmm. it's also the same way with dating. Right. I think that, you know, um, I have a friend right now who's like, girl, <laughs> I'm off of dating right now. I, and she's <laughs> like, I have no business dating right now. Yeah. And I respect that. Yeah. And I fully respect that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But in yeah. the same way that we think that if we stop working, mm-hmm. We're never going to get any opportunities ever again, or like we're going to fall behind. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with dating. People feel like if I stop dating, mm-hmm. I'm never going to find anyone. Right. And actually, you know, pers- to, just to like shed light on a different perspective to add to that, it's like when you're actually stopping dating, you're actually doing some form of work and it's self work. You, you know? are. And it's so beautiful when you come out of it and you're like, go back in the dating world and you're like, oh my God, like I feel like a whole different person. Now that I it's a fresh set of eyes. It, it really is. It truly is. And since I, you know, I mean, I've got out of my last relationship a couple months ago, and then I'm back in the dating realm. But now I have a whole different, a totally new lens on when it comes to dating because I'm, you know, I feel like I've grown into this newer, older, like wiser woman version of myself. And so it, when I've taken those breaks in between, I mean, last year I wasn't really dating anybody, you know, mm-hmm. it was just kind of like meeting people, but I was also like, just like hurting from a past relationship. So, but I needed that downtime mm-hmm. and I needed that time to like recharge and it sucked. It was awful. I dated like two guys last year and it was just so, it hurt so bad because I'm like, I thought it was going to work and this and that and blah, blah. And I was so hung up on that, you know? And I mean, I feel like there's like a million topics we could talk about because your your expertise is within <laughs> individual and relationship data. I was even going to go off into the path of like, how do you get through heartbreak? And you know what I mean? But another episode. <laughs> yes, yes. Because <laughs> um, we could be here forever. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. We're already like a good 45 minutes in. But, um, you know, just like giving myself that downtime. And I actually didn't even really value the downtime until I had gotten out of my relationship with this guy who I was with. Uh, or, or that really nasty relationship going into another relationship, which was actually very healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I'm going to give myself a year to just kind of like do me. And a friend of mine had actually asked me, she's like, so when you're out in the dating world, like, how do you, you know, she, I forget, the, I forget how she phrased this, but um, she's like, what's the best way to learn about yourself in dating? I'm like, go on mad dates and meet people that you would typically never go on dates with, but you're just going because you want to learn something about yourself. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And if you like, you know, you know, there's some, something that interests the both of you by all means, you know, you know, take it to the next level. But, um, during that downtime while you are, if you are open to dating and meeting people, just like go on random dates and just be like, Hey, you know, like he's not typically my kind of guy, but I'm sure go outside gonna, of your comfort zone. Go outside of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So go outside of this structure and these boundaries and that and this list that mm-hmm. you know that isn't 
75% of it isn't even you. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when I feel like those were some of the best. No, I wouldn't say with the best dates, but it was like the best experience, like little mini experiences. Or I was like, oh, wow, I didn't know that this is what I wanted. Or I didn't know that this is what I appreciate in a man. Or I didn't know, you know, just like little things like that. So, um, but yeah, back to like valuing that downtime was so, so important for me. Um, if there's any other like tips or advice that you could give our dating generation, I know like a lot of people kind of like they'll go through heartbreak and then they'll just like go out and like hook up with people or this and that. Like what's like the, the general, like just any general advice that you could give to our generation in terms of like how to show up. So one, you know, understand your why for dating. Mm -hmm. I think, the the like one of the things that you can just sort of alleviate a lot of pain between you and another person is to be is to be clear about like knowing your why behind dating. Mm -hmm. Are you are you dating because you're just looking to just have fun? Are you dating because you're looking to seek like a serious relationship? Are you dating because you're bored? Are you dating <laughs> because you want to feel sexy? Mm -hmm. Are you, you there's plenty of reasons why people date. But you need to un be clear and understand why you're dating. Mm -hmm. Understand what is the purpose. You know, because the more that you begin to ask yourself, why am I dating right now? You could you could come to a, a like a realization like, oh, there's a need that I that is not being fulfilled right now. Mm -hmm. And I need to fill that need. And guess what? It Maybe it's not through dating other people. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's through that self homework. Yeah, right. You know, so it's like, Ooh, okay. Um, so understanding your why I think is huge. Uh -huh. Um, being able to, uh, know your non-negotiables, you mm -hmm. know, like what are the things that were, that you're willing to kind of negotiate with and it doesn't really matter as much. And what are some things that are like a hard line for you? Right. You know, what are you being boundaried about? Right. right. Uh -huh. Being able to clearly and effectively communicate that to the other person when you see them. Confidence. You know, mm -hmm. and it's remember confidence is the willingness to try. It's yep. not about getting the conversation right. Mm -hmm. It's not about like, you know, researching and figuring out how to say it. It's mm -hmm. just being authentic and real and holding yourself accountable mm -hmm. by communicating clearly with the other person. Yeah. I also say um, one thing that my mom, you know, used to say is like, you know, don't, don't get on stage and lie, lie in front of the people. Mm -hmm. And what she meant by that is like, don't set a certain level of expectation of showing up in a relationship or showing up for a person that you know, you can't meet or keep. Right. So we do a lot of things in the beginning of the relationship just to get the person right. or get the person to like us and be attracted to us. Or cause we're just like, Oh my God, he's so hot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you just, you just want that validation. You want that approval. You want them right. to choose you. Right. Right. But what happens is that you're setting a standard mm -hmm. that isn't true. Right. Right. So thanks. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. dating is a lot like, um, I always say, you know, dating is, is setting a precedent for the relationship. Mm -hmm. So if you're setting this press precedent that you're this very, um, and there's nothing wrong with this either. Mm -hmm. if, if you're a more traditional woman and you know, good and God darn well that that's not you don't, <laughs> you know, don't, don't be like that. Don't be honest, no. be clear, be, be able to be like, you know, like, this is who I am. I'm showing up as this, yep. you know, like, so the way that you function with the person is setting the precedent mm -hmm. for how they're going to treat you in the future. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're always the one who's kind of reaching out and, and setting up the date, right. Mm -hmm. Or you're always the one who's initiating everything. Right. That's the rest of your relationship with that person. <laughs> Unless you choose to have a conversation around it and be like, Awakening. listen, no more. Let's have a conversation around it. Right. And we restructure the way that we sure. function. Yeah. So understand your why. Have your non-negotiables, be clear and, and, and honest and true and authentic mm -hmm. to who you are mm -hmm. and set, you're setting the precedent right. and making sure that the precedent is authentic right. and have those conversations. Just be yeah. honest. Yeah. And I think for a really long time, I actually, I would say in like my mid twenties, I was like playing this like wifey role when I was like getting into relationships and just being like, well, I know how to cook. I know how to clean. I know, you know, but that was like how I was raised. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like. Women were taught to stay in the kitchen. Men were like taught to like, you know, get jobs and, you know, bring in, bring in the paper. But women were also, because we're living in America now, we're also equally supposed to, you know, get jobs, make money and also raise kids and, and, and cook and clean and do that. Yeah. yeah. I ain't doing all that. Yeah. No, yeah. no, not anymore. <laughs> we are, we, this is an even relationship. Yeah. Here, you sir. better be putting those dishes in the dishwasher with Thank me. Thank you. And unload them. <laughs> Thank you. And make sure they're dry. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
right? So yeah, it, it is super important. Oh my it's god, yeah, important. it's so so valuable. And I think like I feel like especially like I mean I just keep talk, talking about South Asian women, but I'm sure every woman is it's relatable to every woman, but. Um, just understanding that, like, if that's what works for you, then go for it, you know, yes, but if yeah. it doesn't, then speak up, then don't, don't date a man who's, you know, a 10 out of 10 on the outside, but still expects you to be the woman in the kitchen. Well, I'm just going to wrap this up by saying thank you for taking the time to, um, share your expertise in the yeah. dating and relationship world. I at least appreciate a therapist perspective because it's not the norm for first generation. You know, a lot of people are just starting to reach out to therapy and just starting to get comfortable with the idea of talking to somebody. And a lot of people aren't even really telling their family members that they're, yeah. they're, they're doing this, which is okay. Like it's okay <laughs> to do it in secret, but just, you know, just know that it's, I guess, know that it's like the time that you're taking for yourself, regardless yeah. if, if you're telling your friends or if you're not all, there's no wrong answer here. And that's what I wanted to communicate to people that, you know, when you are in the dating world and you are learning about yourself and you're doing a lot of self work and you, you know, therapy is allowed and therapy is really healthy. And, um, I think that was the other part of why I wanted to specifically yeah. interview you and, and have this conversation with you. You want so. somebody there who's going to be able to help you walk you through things. Cause I think there's things that like happen to us as we're dating and we're just so used to, you know, excuse my language, but like the fuckery mm -hmm. that is out here. Oh my God, so that is that. not until like you talk to somebody else who, you know, who's just unbiased and they're like, Oh my goodness, that was extremely painful. That is so like I can't believe that that was extremely rude. I can't believe they did that uh -huh, to you. Uh -huh. Right, and then that you're able to be like, that's not normal. Yeah, I, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're like, that's not normal. Yeah, that's not normal. No, yeah. you know. And sometimes you just need that outside perspective mm -hmm. to be able to like see it with a different set of eyes. Right, and then also as a way to kind of guide you through and clear out the energy. You know, oh we, yeah, we've been talking. Um, we talked a little bit about energy, yep. but like every time you date somebody, you are connecting with their energy and you're bringing oh, yeah. that stuff to, you know, there's pieces of, there's always, I think pieces of people, um, leave with us oh, my and, that God, yeah. take, and that we take that we hold on to. Absolutely. And also that like, you don't have to just go to therapy if you are like chronically depressed, like no. go for, go for it. Cause you need that. But yeah. even if you're having even a little, a little level of doubt or a little level of concern or to uh, just you know, to some degree feeling anxious about something and, and dating is not a silly subject. It is a really important subject. But we've, you know? we've trivialized it a lot. Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. have trivialized uh, dating so much. Oh yeah, for sure. Trivialized it. We've, yeah. We've Especially really in our have. culture because our parents don't believe in dating. They're mm -hmm. like, what? No, you just meet somebody and then call it a day, you yeah. know, and then get married and then you guys play your role. And that's why I think it's so hard for our generation to sometimes connect with and look, look up to our, our, family members and parents and ask them like, Hey, so I met this guy. Like we can't, I can't openly have these conversations with my mom, but you know, I'm doing me mm -hmm. and she can just live in her little bubble. Yeah. And, and it's so it's, good. it's one part cultural and it's also one part generational. Oh, I mean, absolutely. it goes back to like what my mom was saying about like, dating is easy. I was like, mom, mom. <laughs> you know, you are like a whole like 65. It's not that easy now. Like, why don't you go on Bumble? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Maybe, like, maybe, maybe, you need, maybe you need to teach me something, mom, that I can <laughs> yeah. teach somebody else. Cause clearly it was right. easy for you. Yeah. Oh my God. No. Anyway, I'm going to wrap up mm -hmm. and say, you know, thank you again for taking this time out. Um, for anybody who's in the Philadelphia area, be sure to check out Alana. And if you really, you know, need to have a therapy session, definitely hit her up. Um, I've had wonderful experiences with her, so um, I can only say wonderful things. Yes, so, thank you so much. Um, yeah, be sure to follow her on Instagram and you know all that fun jazz, which I'll link below. Or sorry, I can't say link below because there's it's not Instagram. <laughs> We're not talking Instagram. like swipe up, guys. Yeah, I meant to say link in the. I guess it, in the, it'll bio. Be in the show notes. Yeah, in the show notes. There you go, the show notes. Um, and I will also link that book that you had yes, mentioned, to yeah. me, which I think you had emailed to me mm -hmm. once before. So, um, all right, cool. Yes, Thanks, thank you everyone. for having me. This was such. This was a great experience. Yes.